This segment of the show is brought to you by the PGA Tour Superstore. See why golfers everywhere are proud to call PGA Tour Superstore their golf pro shop. Visit them online at PGATourSuperstore.com. Now back to Chris and more of the show. And now back in making his unbelievable 13th appearance with me here on the French Lake Resort guest line is Eric Johnson. Let me remind you about Eric's background. Played his college golf and was a four-year letterman at Mississippi State from 1992 to 1995. He helped them win back-to-back Kroger intercollegiate titles in 94 and 95. Golf Magazine has named Eric a top 100 instructor every year since 2011. He was also recognized by Golf Digest as a top 40 under 40 teacher. He is a four-time Tri-State PGA Teacher of the Year, and that happened in 2005, 8, 11, and just this past year in 2018. He is also a three-time Horton Smith Award winner for his contributions to education, including winning it for a third time back in February. Eric played out on the Canadian Tour, the Sunshine Tour, and the Golden Bear Tour. He was the Director of Instruction at Oakmont Country Club for many years. He is now the Director of Instruction at Nemecolin Woods Resort, which... Again, I say it every time he comes on the show. It looks absolutely spectacular. It's in Farmington, Pennsylvania, just a little southeast of Pittsburgh near the West Virginia border. And not only is Eric one of my favorite guests, but he's one of my favorite people anywhere on the planet. And I'm very excited he's back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. What's up, E? Thanks for coming back on the show. Chris, my man, the most prepared man in radio. I love it. Uh, I'm blushing. I don't know where you find all this stuff, but come on, stop it. I'm blushing. <laughs> uh, so... Dude, a Tri-State PGA Teacher of the Year now for the fourth time. You win the Horton Smith Award, you know, in February. Boy, you are honorable. You're a PGA teaching rock star. Congratulations, my friend. Oh, you know, listen, those awards are great. You know, I don't do this because I want to win awards. That's the last thing. But if some award makes somebody think I know a little more about teaching, then great. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, I... (laughs) I don't do it to win awards. I, I do it to help people, and and uh, those awards are great. But you know, that's uh, I you know that was my fourth Horton Smith Award this year, and uh, I'm in the uh, the finals for the national Horton Smith Award winner for you know the entire PGA of America, which is very humbling. I don't um, I don't know what to say. Uh, you know, the PGA has been great to me, and and this game has been been a crazy ride. Awesome. To that end, right? I mean, you, you go back to the first time you were PGA Teacher of the Year in, in 05. Here you are 13 years later, you're winning the award again. But so much has changed, I have to believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, so much has had to have changed over that 13-year period with instruction and technology and the data and all that sort of stuff. How, has, has things, have things changed for you? Have your instructions changed? Mm-hmm. Have you had to change with all the technology that's, that's come across in the game over the last 13 years? Well, I have. And, uh, you know, it's it's kind of crazy. Um, I think the technology is phenomenal. I think it's great. I think it's overused. I think it's being uh, kind of overplayed. Um, you know, the worst lessons I see from young instructors is they stand there and they put the track man on and they never look at the ball flight. They look at the TV screen and they say, oh, yeah, that was six degrees left and the face was four degrees shut or open. And 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 they're just laughable lessons, you know, but um, I think that technology is great. And we have them all. We have a track man. We have a Sam Putt lab. We have body tracks. We have V1. Uh, so we have it all. But but I, I use it uh, and then I move on. 
and then I want the student to, you know, really look at ball flight and 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 try to self-analyze a little bit more than instead of just, you know, repeating, you know, random numbers at people. I want them to see the ball flight and and so yeah, I've had to I've had to adapt to a lot of things. I mean, personally, I think that instruction has gotten way too technical, uh, way too technical. Mm-hmm. I mean, period. I mean, you listen to some of these guys on, you know, YouTube and Facebook, and 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 I just shake my head. I go, wow, that's that's horrendous. You know, I mean, I just it's so technical. <laughs> and I mean, and I and I'm not yeah. afraid to say it anymore. Like, I, you know, you throw all the darts you want at me, I don't care anymore. But, um, you know, I, it's just it's just gotten out of control. It's like they're. They're just smart guys want to sound like smart guys, I, I, or they're not smart and they want to sound smart. I don't know which it is, but uh, you know, I mean, I think it's gotten way too over technical, in my humble opinion. <laughs> no, and, and and I'm with you because and you know, I, and, you know I, I'm not shy to say it. I'm gonna I'm gonna be 54 on Friday, so you know I'm I'm old school, right? I'm I'm alignment sticks, and you know where's yep. the you know where's the stick pointing, and you know what's the swing path. But, you know, when you, when you talk about TrackMan and all these sorts of things, you get Smash Factor and, you know, all the, I'm like, what is that? What does that mean? What does that have to do with how I can hit the ball straight? I don't want to go, I don't want to go right in the trees. I don't want to slice. I don't want to pull a hook it. What, you know, all this data, it just, when I see it and I go into, you know, some places where they've got all that sort of stuff, it's kind of neat. You know, it's, I see the dashboard of all that sort of stuff and what your spin rate was and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, I want to hit the ball straight. Eric, help me hit the ball straight. I, yeah, well, that's what I'm after. Yeah, exactly, and you know, above that, we've got to just learn how to hit it in the center of the face. How many of us can't seem to <laughs> hit the ball in the center of the face? Now, you can look at all that nonsense, or you can say, okay, listen, if you let your arm, you form, you go back, you form an angle, you form a 90 degree angle on the backswing. And then you form a straight line with your left arm, the shoulder, left arm, and the shaft on the target side of the golf ball, right? So on the flag side of the golf ball, it can be anywhere from just past it to waist high. If you do that, number one, you're going to start hitting the ball in the center of the face. And number two, if we get rid of all the verticals, the up and downs, the excessive verticals, if we do that, then you hit the ball in the center of the face. Now, it's not very hard, you know, I mean, I, I've told you this story before, but in 2016, I was at Oakmont helping Derek Fassauer out in the U.S. Open. I mean, he was tied for 12th coming in the last round. We worked with him all week. It was a phenomenal week for him. He ended up tied 23rd, made up 100 grand. Uh, for a little journeyman pro, that's a great week, you know. And then my first week at Nemecoan, I taught four beginner golfers, family of four, they never played before, and they got the ball in the air in 10 minutes, and it was like, oh, my God, the ball went in the air. Exactly. And you don't need track man <laughs> to figure that out. You know, it's some stability. Uh-huh. We form an, an angle and then a straight line, and all of a sudden the ball goes in the air, and everyone's happy. You know what I mean? So I, you got to hit the ball in the center of the face. So let, let's take that a, a little bit and, and, and translate it out onto the golf course. When when you, when yep. you're out there with a student or someone like me, and you know now we're doing a playing lesson, right? It's it's more than taking the golf swing from the practice range to the first tee. Talk about strategy. Like, do you talk to your students about okay, what were you thinking there, right? Why did you hit that shot? Where where are you trying to place the ball? Do you talk about 
strategy and how to play the game of golf when you're out there doing a playing lesson? Absolutely. It's the most important thing that we do, you know, and, and, and unfortunately, so many people are stuck on the range. We're not here at Nemecolum. we got 36 great holes uh, looking to build a par three course um, this next year. I mean, and then a third course in 2021. I mean, we've got a lot of great stuff happening here. So I've got plenty of holes where I take people out all the time. And it's amazing to me, uh, just the little things, Chris. I mean, when you, when you think about where do you tee up on, on the tee box, you know, a lot of people walk right to the middle of the tee box and they hit and they slice it and it goes into the left rough and I, or right rough. And I say, Hey, if you tee over here and you know you're going to cut it, and you tee up on the extreme right-hand side. Now, look at how much angle that leaves you for your cut shot to go into the fairway. And they go, oh, wow, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think about it. Yep, that's right. And, <laughs> and, I, and I also talk about, uh, you know, and this is something that Jim Flick taught me years ago. I'll never forget it. It's a great story. It's a minute or two, but it's a great story. So in 1995, I was at Shinnecock Hills, and I worked there. I did my last internship. Uh, with the USGA, and I'm watching uh, Jim Flick teach. Um, Jack Nicholas was on the left-hand side, and Tom Lehman was the number one player in the world at the time, and he's teaching them both. And so I saw him at the TaylorMade Invitational. I said, Coach, listen, I was down there. What in the world are you teaching? You, you got Lehman who hooks it, and you got... Jack, that hits the highest little tiny cut you've ever seen in your life. What were you teaching those two? He goes, I was teaching them the same thing. And I said, Coach, that's BS. There's no way. <laughs> no chance. There's no, you cannot possibly be teaching. And then he goes, well, Mr. Eric. And I, as soon as he said Mr. Eric, I knew I was in trouble. And every time he said that, <laughs> I was like, oh, boy, here it comes. He goes, well, Mr. Eric, let me tell you a little something. I said, oh, here it comes. You know, I was like, And I said, all right, Coach, let me have it. He goes, we're working on not crossing the line. And I said, you mean like with the club at the top? And he goes, Mr. Eric, are you playing with me now? I said, no, coach, I don't know what you're talking about. And he said, well, I'm talking about the ball flight. And I said, well, what are you, what are you talking about? And he goes, all right. So we like calm, we, <laughs> we both calm down. We're like, all right. <laughs> they just said, draw a line from, from the, the ball to the, okay. And let's say you're hitting a draw shot. Well, that ball better start to the right of the flag, and it's drawing in, and it doesn't want to cross that line from from where the ball was into the flag because if it does on a flat surface, where's the what's the ball doing? The ball's getting further away from the hole, and I was like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> you know, like I went to Mississippi State, I you know, I mean, I said, okay, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. The ball's getting further away from the hole. You don't want to cross the line. He goes, a fader of the golf ball, you want that ball to start to the left of it, and you want it to work towards the hole and not cross the line because now it's, again, getting further away from the hole. And that's what I was working on with both of those two. And I thought, wow, okay, I mean, that makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, like, that that's something that you can jump in there and say, you're right. And, and, and the line doesn't always have to be the flag either. I mean, and he, he, and he yapped at me again and he said, he goes, how many times do you think Jack crossed the line in 86 when he won the Masters? And I said, uh, I don't know. In 72 holes? Uh, probably a lot. And he goes, twice. And I went, whoa. Okay. Wow. That makes a lot of sense. Think about it. Um, 
if you go through the round, he was on the left side of, of number 12. He was left on 13, left of the hole. So Fader wants to be left of it. 14, he was left of it. 15, he made the eagle putt right up the hill. Um, 16, he stuffed it in there for birdie. 17, he was left of it. And 18, he hit it right on the flag and came back off the hill, but uh, never crossed the line. And, you, you know, when you really think about those shots, when he shot, I think it was 65 in the final round, I mean, phenomenal, right? incredible. So, you know, I mean, those simple lessons that, you know, we, we take for granted, you know, I mean, where did the ball start? Where did it end up? Did it cross the line? Where are you teeing off? Um, uh, the, it, it, it's amazing, uh, you know, and this is another thing about a playing lesson. I mean, when when I hit, I have people hit shots and I say, well, how far do you hit that? And they say, let's say it's a nine iron. And they say, uh, well, 135. And I say, well, how far do you carry it? They go, oh, 135. So, well, hold on a second. So, you mean your ball hits and doesn't go at all, ever? It just hits and sticks right there. Well, no, it probably runs out a little bit. Okay, well, how many yards? Because a lot of us don't know that. I mean, I don't care how far you hit your best nine iron of your life ever. I want a stock nine iron. How far does it fly? And then one of the biggest things that I've been taught, especially out on tour, was, you know, when it's firm and fast, how far does the ball roll out? Because it's going to – they don't all suck back. I mean, that's not – that's PGA Tour stuff. I mean, that's not normal player stuff. I mean, it normally hits and rolls out five or ten paces. Now, that can be anywhere from 15 to 30 feet. Now, if I'm trying to hold a, hold a shot, I don't want to hit it 135 and then go to 145, and now I have a 30-footer. I'd rather hit it 125, roll it 10 out, and, and have a tap-in. So, big stuff there on playing lessons. And it's not done enough. I mean, think about it. Golf is the only sport ever that's not practiced on the actual playing conditions, right? You go on a range. Right. It's not a golf course. Like, you're, to we got it totally backwards. It's flat lie, everything, everything's the same, beautiful lie. And then you go out on a golf course and we got hills and we got wind and yeah, there's nothing flat out there. Oh, my. <laughs> right. But to your point, Eric, right? I think that that you make a, a really good point that not not enough of us think about because we're not gonna hit it perfectly every time, right? I mean, you do, yeah. We we remember that one hero shot that we hit three years ago when wh who remembers what the playing conditions were like? But my nine iron, which I would typically hit one thirty five, went one fifty or whatever, right? We're not exactly. really thinking about that rollout piece, right? So from a strategy perspective. What should we be doing, right? When you talk about how far does it fly versus where does it stop, how how should we be measuring that and how should we be thinking about club selection based on that? Yeah, so, you know, when I when I go out and and I hit a, you know, and uh, listen, if you're a club player and you're a member at a at a certain club, you know, you get the same shots a lot, right? You know, so you hit a shot and you go, that was a pretty good one. And then I actually walk it out and someone will start talking to me and I go, I give them like the, hold on just a second sign and, and just, you know, you walk out and say, okay, that went exactly 127 in the air. Okay. And, and I'll, I'll walk it out and, 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 and I, I do that all the time. Now, if you're at some place you've never played before, I try to get a, you know, a, as quick of an indication as I can 
how far did the ball roll out, how far did it fly in the air, all that good stuff. And and you and you gotta you've gotta make sure that you do it as fast as you can. You know what I mean? In golf, you know, if I step on the tee and I cut the first tee shot and I cut the next iron shot, I say to myself, Hey, guess what? I'm playing a cut today. And that's what I'm going to do every time. <laughs> and I mean, uh, seriously, I mean, Chris, I mean, I've played in tour events. I played in the Canadian Open, and I got on the first tee thinking I was going to hit a, you know, perfect draw. I hit a high right, and I said, guess what? I'm going to slice it today. And I mean, I hit slices. And, um, I, and I'm not kidding. I mean, it curved a lot, you know, but you got to go with what you got that day, and you got to figure it out quick. And, and I think the guys that can self assess, and I don't mean guys in general, guys and girls. I mean, the people that can self-assess, I mean, those are the people that are going to win. I'll, I'll never forget it. Watch Michelle McGann play down on IBIS one year. <clears throat> Michelle and I were friendly, and, you know, we, my wife Hannah and I were, were friends, and we went and watched her play in a tournament, a tour event, LPGA tour event one day. And back in the days, Michelle could hit it a mile high. I mean, that's why she won, if she could. She could bomb it, and she hit it straight up in the air. Now, we're, they were playing at Ibis, and it was blowing about 30. <clears throat> I'm not kidding. It, it was blowing so hard, the sand was flying out of the bunkers. If it hit you, it would hurt. You know what I mean? It was blowing hard. Wow. And I thought, wow. I mean, so she's hitting this thing up in the air, and her dad, Bucky's there, and, you know, it's, oh, great shot. I'm like, great shot. That thing went nine miles in the air, and now it's 50 yards to the right of the green. And I mean, it, it, I said, uh, do you know how to hit it low? I mean, like that's, that's shot isn't going to work today. I mean, it went straight up. I, I couldn't believe how high she could hit it. I mean, it was, she was amazing and she won a bunch and, but I just don't think she knew how to manipulate the ball. It's everything she hit went straight in the air and they said, Oh, great shot. Great shot. Shit. That's, you know, 30 yards to the right of the green or, you know, what are you talking about? Great shot. It would look beautiful, but it doesn't play, you know? So you've got to kind of figure out how to play too. You know, you've got to make that ball go high and low. I'll never forget it in 2007 when I watched Tiger after he shot 69 at uh, Oakmont in the third round, there was not one golf shot that he hit on the range that looked the same. They were low, they were high, there were hooks, they were draws, there were fades, there were cuts. I mean, I, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, but then we try to stand on the range and hit the same shot every time. That, that to me, also does not make sense. All right, so you bring up Tiger, so we <clears throat> got to talk about the Masters. What What's your wow. thought? What, do you, what did you think about what you saw this weekend? Well, you know... We've talked about this a bunch, you know, this is our 13th time. And, you know, I've always said I was not sure that he would do it again, but it's really hard to bet against that guy. And I mean, and I, and, you know, winning the tour championship last year and you could see he was close in the British and he was close in a couple majors. And now, you know, to come back and, you know, now, all these, all these young guys say, oh, yeah, I want to play against Tiger. Oh, really? How do you like it now? You probably don't like it all that much, you know. <laughs> uh, um, uh, so he's pretty tough. And, uh, you know, I listen, I, 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 you can go back and forth on Tiger on some of the things he's done in his personal life. and and But you got to commend him on 
what he's done in his professional career. Uh, a lot of people, I personally think a lot of people would have just rolled up in a ball and gone away, you know, and he said, what, 13 surgeries, all the, all the things that have happened in his career and his life and, and to see him come back and win. And my God, look at the, look at the, look at the ratings. Look at, I mean, he turns the needle like nobody in the game. Um, it, it is, it's remarkable. Now, Jim Nance tried to make him cry in the Butler cabin, but he didn't do it. But, um, you know, <laughs> but when you think about the whole thing from 97 or no, what was it? 1997 when he won this first one and now right. 23 years later and you go, wow. I mean, now you, you're looking at hugging your father who's no longer there. And then you look at now I'm hugging my children that have never seen me win a major. And you go, wow, like that's like some heavy stuff. I can't believe he held it together. But um, I think he, Jim, I think he knew Jim Nance was coming after him to try to make him cry on TV. But, you know, but wow, I mean, it, it, it's remarkable. I mean, to think that he has come yeah. back from what he has done in his life and his career and the surgeries and the different swing coaches and and this is no front page news. I mean, with you and I, I've been highly critical of all the swing coach changes. You know, you're the number one player in the world by a zillion miles, and you say, I want to get better, and I'm going to do a new coach, and then I don't win for 18 months, and then I try a new coach, and then this one's a flop, and that one's a, ah, come on. It's like Coca-Cola. It's great. Everybody buys it. Why change the formula? You know what I mean? It's, it, you know, so I don't know. I mean, right. like, I, I get a little confused by, hmm, some of that, and it, and I, I still believe that he got too enamored with, like, I'm going to listen to some smart guy tell me how smart he is, and I know the secret. And uh, No, you don't. Just hit it solid, hit it straight, hit it down, hit it where you're looking. You know what I mean? Uh, so, but wow, I, you know, what can you say? I, It's fascinating to me. And And you know what? This might be the floodgate that makes him. I never thought he'd get Jack's record, especially after all the stuff. And now I'm going like, man, I, he might break it. Like this year, I you know I don't know. I mean, I tied this year. I might win them all. I don't know. I, I the guy is amazing. He's he's truly amazing. And I don't think those young guys really knew what Tiger looked like coming down the stretch. And now they do, and I'm sure they're probably going, man. I kind of wish he would have retired. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, Eric. Just a couple more before I let you go. And I got my annual yep. buddy trip coming up next week, so I, I need a couple of pieces of advice and. Around the short pitch shots, you know, 20, 30 yards, you know, short of the green, around the green, that sort of thing. Talk about club selection and uh, where you want to land the ball based on the club that you choose. Yeah, so short pitches are, you know, often overlooked. If you hit a bad one, your friends have said three things. They're going to say you got wristy, they're going to say you moved, and they're going to say you moved your head. I want all three of those to happen. You got to set angle on the backswing. You know, you have to set wrist angle. You, you you can't go back and not set it because you're gonna your body's gonna react on the other side. So set some angle. Let your arm go to a straight line. Let your chest come up and through it. Let it come up. Your chest is the slowest moving thing we got. 
Your legs are ballistic. Your hips are ballistic. Your arms are ballistic. Your chest isn't ballistic. It's pretty slow. So you let the chest kind of do that. Now, depending on what shot you have, now we're going to look for, you know, is it a 56-degree wedge? Is it a 60-degree wedge? I have a 64-degree wedge in my bag. When I get nervous, I get fast. So I, the most loft I have on a club and I get a little fast, the ball pops up a little bit, I get away with it. So um, I don't recommend that for everybody, but that's for me, it, it works out. But, you know, I always try to look at where I want to land it. And then what do I want the ball to do? Do I need it to stop immediately or do I need it to run out a little bit? If you're running it out a little bit, you can put it back in your stance just a touch. You know, don't go to heck with a joke. Don't put it all the way behind your back foot. But, you know, a little middle of the stance, just a hair back of middle, and that will run out a little bit more. If I want a little higher, I put it up in the stance and I lean the handle back a little bit, and that will stop it, you know, pretty quickly. So that's, uh, you know, set a little wrist angle, let it go to a straight line, let your chest softly turn forward, let your head come up with it see it don't you know those people that stop their body in their chest then their hands go flying through and that's most of what i see those people say i've got the yips no it's your body your chest is stopping and then your hands keep going so if you can keep your chest moving forward you're going to hit great pitch shots and that's when you say promise when you say straight line talk what do you mean straight line straight line with what yeah am am i straight line with my with my left arm and my straight line with the club angle, what straight line? Perfect. Thanks for asking. Uh, that You're going to create an angle on the backswing, and then on the target side of the golf ball, your left shoulder, your left arm, and the club shaft will form a straight line. On the target side of the ball, after the ball, and it can be anywhere from just after the ball to your waist high. I mean, I don't care where it forms a straight line, but it has to be on the target side, the flag side the the whole side of 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 the golf ball it can't form a, a straight line behind the ball because now your arms are going to fold up and you're going to skull it or chunk it okay so it's got to be left shoulder left arm club shaft and a straight line after target side of the golf ball on that side on the flag side of the golf ball Eric, you're the best, my friend. Let our listeners know, and, and, and you're the world's worst at tweeting. I got to tell you, I, I keep looking for you to do a tweet on something, but I can never find you. Hor- on I am horrendous. On I'm so bad. I'm so bad. <laughs> someone else, someone else hit me with that the other day, and I said, "Guys, I am sorry. I'm, I'm. I, listen, I'll be 50 in a couple of years, and I, you know, there's this stuff's getting past me. My lead instructor keeps telling me I got to Instagram. I got to do all this. I'm trying. I. Instagram, Eric Johnson Golf. I think my Twitter thing is Eric Johnson Golf. My Facebook, hey, Eric man. Johnson Golf. It's all, it's all that nonsense. I, you know, that other girl that was on before is, she's, oh, it's this and spelled her Eric Johnson Golf. Pretty, you know, whatever, but I, I'm promising you I'm going to go, let's go Pens, let's go Steelers. <laughs> I don't know. Chris, there if you, you don't go. get, if you don't get to Nemecon soon, I'm going to come through this cord and find you and pull you to Nemecon, okay? You got an invitation to stay at my house and you. everything. And you're going to have 36 great holes of Pete Dye Championship Golf. Listen, Chris, I'm going to be offended if you don't come and see me soon. I, dude, I know. I'm trying. Just like you're trying to get out on social media, I'm trying to figure I, out a way I, to get I, to I'm telling you, I'm going to do it. We got a huge. 
we got a huge ad campaign going with KDK and Bob Pompiani here in, in Pittsburgh. Uh, so we're going to flood the market with Nemecolon and golf tips all, all, all year. And I'm going to put, I promise I'm going to Instagram and tweet and whatever and Facebook, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, just, you know, I promise you, I'm going to do it. Yep. All right. All right. You're the best, my friend. I can't thank you enough for your time tonight. I look forward to catching up with you again soon. Number 14 can't get here fast enough. You're the best. Well, you're the best, and I can't thank you enough for having me and the most prepared man I've ever, ever, ever talked to in my life on the radio. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you, pal. I appreciate you. All right, man. Take care. All the best to your family. You too. That's the great Eric Johnson, Eric Johnson Golf, and uh, hopefully we get more of him on social media. But ericjohnsongolf.com is his website. Got a lot of great videos and tips on there. I highly recommend it. Eric's just fantastic. You heard. So we look forward to getting Eric back on the show again, hopefully real soon.